It's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by Flint composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Program. Here's your host. Have you lost your job and your health care coverage due to COVID-19? You're not alone, and Genesee Health Plan can help. I called, and they provided health care enrollment over the phone with Medicaid, HealthCare.gov, and Genesee Health Plan. They made sure I had access to doctor visits, my prescriptions, and more. Getting health care coverage can be confusing. You don't have to do it alone. Get help with GHP. Call 844-232-7740 or go to GeneseeHealthPlan.org. We're in this together, and together we'll get through it. second you'd be back to bother me oh no walk out that door just turn around because you're not welcome on the deck of the bridge anymore weren't you the one that tried to murder my crew god you blood something you managed to kill just about everyone else but like a poor marshal you keep missing the target you're gonna have to come down here Tom. you're gonna have to come down here it took all the strength i had not to fall apart the bridge was smashed, the computer's inoperable. Well, I don't believe in the no-win situation. So walk out the door. Just turn around now, because you're not welcome anymore. Weren't you the one that tried to hurt me with your lies? Do you think I'd crumble? Do you think I'd lay down and die? Oh, no, not I. I will survive. As long as I know how to love, I know I'll stay alive. But I've got all my life to live, but I've got all my love to give. I will survive. I will survive. Come I will survive. Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, and you're celebrating Schlocktober with Tom Sumner.
Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Tom Sumner, your host, and uh, it is that time of year again and the return of Schlocktober, where we kick off the show each day during the month of October with a different odd or horrible recording. That was uh, William Shatner with uh, Gloria Gaynor's I Will Survive, kind of his own version of it, as is always the case with William Shatner. But uh, Schlocktober 2020, every day this month, we'll uh, kick off the show with a different horrible recording, and there all new for Schlocktober 2020. But we're going to shift gears and uh, and get a little serious and get into uh, a conversation with our first guest. Let me uh, just mention that we have coming up, uh, this is going to be like a trip to the library because we have all authors today. Uh, Jerry uh, Spieler and um, Rick Kaplowitz will be with us during the second hour to talk about their book, San Francisco Values. And, um, and then we have... Uh, Brian Deere, an investigative journalist who wrote a book called The Doctor Who Fooled the World, talking about uh, the, um, the doctor from the uh, UK that uh, basically started the anti-vaccination movement. And we're going to find out how that all came to be. Uh, but first, we're going to talk about um, what many consider is a failed healthcare system in the U.S. with the author of a new book, Healthcare from the Trenches, an insider account of the complex barriers of U.S. healthcare from the providers and patients' perspective. It's uh, written by Dr. Alejandro Badia, who joins me by phone. Uh, doctor, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Tom, for having me. And and thank you for your patience and sitting through that horrible recording. <laughs> I, I love that old song. <laughs> well, I, I liked it a lot better before William Shatner got a hold of it. Um, but uh, but but let's talk about this a little bit. The other night in the presidential debate, which uh, uh, a lot of people are calling, uh, you know, sort of a uh, crap show. Um, yeah. But healthcare came up, and uh, while. Former Vice President Biden, the Democratic nominee, tried to say that he had a plan for health care and, and kept trying to push the president to reveal his health care plan as uh, it's clear to a great many people that the president's intent is to undo Obamacare or the Affordable Care Act. Um, how did you react to seeing that after after writing this book and with your observations that indicate both Democrats and Republicans have failed uh, to to really adequately address health care? I realized it was the, the same the same old uh, narrative. They're not really getting to the core of the problem. Uh, the reason health care is so expensive and inefficient in the U.S. is there's, there's way too many middlemen and bureaucrats and administrators. And all that does is drive up cost. Um, so there was no, there's no mention of actually changing how we deliver care. And uh, there's comments, as, as, as uh, President Trump made, about lowering pharmaceutical costs, but he doesn't understand why it's so expensive. And there are steps that we can take to change that. But the problem is there is no health care providers, I hate that word actually, so there's no clinicians involved in the health care conversation. Uh, that is the crux of the problem. Well, and, and what happens is, and I had this conversation, uh, uh, geez, about 10 years ago with um, 
a, a guest who was talking about he he made the analogy that when we buy cars we don't go to an insurance company that tells us what kind of car we can afford and yeah. why our health care system works this way um and and he was uh, advocating of course um for a more direct relationship yeah, between right. a patient and a doctor um, would you like to see insurance companies just pulled out of the mix? Well, I don't think I don't think it's possible unless we decide to have a one-payer uh, socialized system, and I don't think Americans want that. I think that you know that what makes America great is um, is the free market um, capitalism and and uh, lowering cost by by competition and efficiency, and we, we're not having that now. Um, so what I think is that the, the health insurance companies, a very simple step, actually, simply make them nonprofit. Doesn't mean that the ah. executives can't still make a good living, but they shouldn't be answering to Wall Street or to investors. Or to a that, bottom I think, line. Is one that, well, yes, yes, certainly. Um, and that, that's the problem. So any, the, the, the money they take in with premiums should be reinvested. Um, in providing the care, and then little by little, that starts ramping down the cost because then there's real competition, uh, and they want to they want to make money. So so the the, the people in the insurance companies, uh, you know, I don't mind that if they make these crazy salaries like they make now, but what I don't like is that the premiums keep going up, and it's getting harder and harder to get care. And I'm in the trenches. I I'm about I start seeing patients in an hour. I have uh, some surgery today as well. And every step of the way, it, it, my staff, it's a fight with the carrier. And it just, it just shouldn't be in the greatest country in the world. How, how often has it happened in your practice um, where a patient just simply because of changes to their, their health care insurance or lack thereof have, have just simply said, I can't afford this anymore. I can't, I can't come to you. Oh, it, it it, it happens weekly, and, and you know, we do have, uh, you know, fortunately in most, you know, in cities we do have sort of public um, health uh, hospitals, so people, you know, the, the Europe, my European colleagues love to, to kind of make fun of us, and I say, look, in every city you can, you, you know, I trained in New York, and my book, my book talks about my training, and uh, Bellevue Hospital, it's a city um, hospital, and you can go in there, but I will tell you, it, it, unless, you know, unless you break your femur, uh, it, it, it's not going to be terribly efficient. So, you know, people don't want that, but there is a safety net. Uh, the problem is that many patients who come to me was in the, in the private sector of healthcare, uh, there, there is all these issues uh, in terms of, of insurance. And so many times they, uh, they end up, you know, going elsewhere, and I, I don't know what the outcome is, unfortunately. Um, and, and we're willing to work with them. That's the frustrating thing is we're willing to roll up our sleeves with the uh, health insurance companies. And there's simply no dialogue. Uh, and I talk about that in a book, and I bu I've, I've come to believe that's intentional. Um, they're, they're, Blue Cross Blue Shield has their headquarters. Um, I can, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at where the, the direction of the building right now as, I'm, uh, as I speak to you. And there is no, uh, they've, they've never in invited me over for, for a coffee and to figure out how I can lower orthopedic uh, care for them. Uh, it just doesn't happen. And that's what has to change. And, and how would consulting with you and, and your colleagues um, help inform insurance companies? You, you, you mentioned 
for example, that there are people working for these insurance companies who have absolutely no medical training, and yet they're making decisions about what things are covered and what things aren't. Sure. Well, I, th- I think everyone at this point knows that. Uh, uh, so it's um, especially if you've had to, you know, experience trying to receive care, is that you you end up waiting for something. Uh, a, a really a silly concept is called authorization. I mean, why why do I, as a subspecialist, need somebody um, sitting at a desk somewhere halfway across the country to authorize me? Uh, what I should what I should be is the physicians are, and the clinicians should be uh, should be screened, uh, which we are, to get credentialed, and then at that point you 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 trust us to do the right thing, and and you have oversight. There's no I, I think people should be looking over our shoulder, making sure. We're doing the right things, that we're doing cost-effective care. I have no problem with that. What I have a problem with is that every step of the way, from seeing a patient to, to, um, to, you know, to doing an, an injection, to ordering uh, an imaging study, to doing surgery, and then doing therapy, every step of those ways has to have a, an approval process. Every step of the way. That adds cost to the system and delays care. So there's no question, and and simply getting the people in the trenches who are actually delivering the care to have the dialogue with the insurance carriers, and this this includes Medicare, okay? It, it this includes the the public uh, options that we do have, um, and and we can be the ones uh, to be a, a catalyst to to positive change. Well, the um, Supreme Court is going to be looking at the Affordable Care Act on November 10th and it uh it 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 seems poised to shoot it down um is what kind of fallout would there be from that if all of a sudden the affordable care act went away well my concern is that we don't have um something in in place or at least a, a um an idea that we're going to to develop because the the main thing is that it will affect certainly um, you know perhaps 20 million people who now have some type of um, of insurance which frankly I don't understand if you ask most clinicians because I've asked my colleagues do you understand what Obamacare really is I mean do you, it's all this very nebulous uh, thing and there, there are and there are all sorts of people making money from that so uh, when you eliminate that that bureaucracy because that's a heck of a bureaucracy I mean even even Nancy Pelosi admitted admitted that none of the legislators had really read it. Yeah, we have to pass it to know what's proposes. in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so exactly. Um, so that's pretty symbolic, I think. I, I mean, I, look, I'm across the street from Marco Rubio, you know, our state senator. I supported yeah. him when he was in in in, in government. I, I can't even meet with him, and I and I've tried. Um, I, I'm right across the street. So when he is in Miami, uh, out of session, uh, I'm happy myself. And a group of other uh, clinicians who are active in our in our community uh, would be happy to meet with them and say, "Look, uh, Senator Rubio, the, he, here you know he, here's things that we can change." Doctor, Rubio, I have you know, to I have to interrupt you here because yeah. I have a break sure. coming up. Can you stand by for about four minutes and uh, oh, and with we'll, pleasure. Okay, we'll dig down some more on the other side of the break. If you're listening to us on ninety two point one FM, we're going to let them squeeze a few words in edgewise. If you're streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com, we have some messages Hello, as well. Hello, everybody. It's me, Tigger. T i double g r. That spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner Program on account of because he's so bouncy. Ho, ho, ho.
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. A social distancing tip. Putting distance between yourself and others is critical to slowing the spread of coronavirus. So here are ways to stay in contact without the physical contact part. Call, send a text, set up a video conference, post on social media, dedicate a song on the radio. If you have symptoms of fever, dry cough, and shortness of breath, call your health care provider before going to their office. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part, because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the America, your children have an amazing superpower. They can help save lives by not having playdates. That's right. By replacing get-togethers with virtual playdates and video chats, they can help slow the evil spread of germs. And if your superheroes do go outside, make sure they continue their superhero wing by staying six feet away from others to protect everyone in America land. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Your calls matter. Join me and Andrea weekdays from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern to talk about whatever you want to talk about. The Tom Sumner Program has open phone lines Monday through Friday to hear from you. How's 2020 working out for you so far? How about those damn roads? Call in live at 810-339-8255. It's all about you. We'll be streaming live at TomSumnerProgram.com and simulcast on WFOV 92.1 FM in Flint. Foil hats are optional. You thought you had every Elvis record made, but wait, Elvis sings again, this time from heaven. That's right, Elvis from heaven. Yes, hear Elvis from Graceland in the Sky, soul-stirring versions of epic proportions. You'll hear Elvis crooning, pearly gate rock, all dug up, lying in the chapel, and 11 others. This record also includes a special Elvis message. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Elvis Presley. Order before midnight tonight and receive this Elvis Presley commemorative casket keychain. Open it up. Yes, the king inside. A must for any Elvis fan. Order yours today. To order your Elvis from Heaven, send $9.95 in checker money order to Elvis from Heaven, P.O. Box 714, Cleo, Michigan, 44487. Or save COD charges and phone 555-5554. Use Master Charge or Visa, Canadian residence, add $3. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology. Engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. Tom Sumner Program.com The Tom Sumner Program.com 
This is Congressman Dan Kildee, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, we continue now in my conversation about health care from the trenches from the author of a book aptly named Health Care from the Trenches, Dr. Alejandro Badia. Doctor, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much, Tom. Um, before the break, we were talking a little bit about uh, how nebulous the Affordable Care Act seems. I, yeah. I understand very little of it, but I have to admit that I have benefited from it because of the expanded Medicaid um, here in Michigan. And I, I went for many, many years without health care insurance until that happened. And you mentioned that a lot of people will be knocked off the system if it should be uh, overturned in uh, November by the Supreme Court. Um, what are the pros and cons of, of the Affordable Care Act? If we're looking to a new system to replace Obamacare, um, what are, the, what are the, the things that we keep and what are the things we toss out? Well, I, I think if legislation should simply uh, have, a, a, you know, a, for, at least for now, a federal program to cover the people who uh, who are now as i mean as you said even your, yourself so we, we i don't think we, we would leave these people high and dry i think the um the idea is to have uh, to a much more efficient system uh, obamacare I, I can tell you is so laden with bureaucracy that most most physicians don't really even understand it okay so that, that's a real problem Okay, healthcare doesn't need to be that complicated. Uh, yes, we should keep, for example, and the president said this clearly that that we will uh, ins- make sure that people with pre-existing conditions, which is last I read was about 112 million people. Let's face it, a lot of us have some type of uh, condition. I have I have high cholesterol. I mean, it's not terrible, but but everybody has something, and that should be that should be covered. Uh, and then there, um, there, there are other you know, nuances that uh, we, can, we can keep in the system, but the, the overall uh, program doesn't address what, what, uh, what I'm getting at, that we, we, the way, we, the way you, you receive care is incredibly cumbersome and bureaucratic. And what that does is it delays care and it increases the cost. So we want, of course... That, that everyone have access, but part of the problem here is that it's almost 20% of our gross domestic product. The second country in line after us, industrialized country, is Norway, of which I've actually done surgery in Norway in a fishing village with a colleague some years ago, and they have an excellent system, but it's only about 10.2% of their GDP is healthcare. So we are twice as much, and the reason we're twice as much is simply because we have way too much bureaucracy there are too many people with their hand in a cookie jar and the the president mentioned lowering pharmaceutical costs but he doesn't understand why they're so expensive so to make a statement like you're going to decrease it 80 to 90 percent well well how um, <laughs> he doesn't probably know what he doesn't know what pbms are i guarantee you he doesn't know what um pharmacy benefit managers are which are companies that artificially uh increase the cost of these because they make billions of dollars uh, simply to shuffle paper and to have uh, you know networks. In other words, we, it has to be that the clinician orders a, a drug. Somebody is going to um, 
you know, to, to deliver that. Obviously, somebody manufactures it, and the patient's going to receive it. We don't need all these peripheral people making money off the system. Now, they're not going to be happy about it, but frankly, a lot of these people are very good opportunists, and they'll make money it, it somewhere else. Um, it, so, so the issue is that we have to change how we deliver the care. Now, what about um, these companies? That, it fascinated me, uh, Doctor, when when the phone companies uh, when the phone company got deregulated and all these phone companies yes. started popping up, and you would see a phone company that would offer you a lower rate um, for your phone service. And I'm talking about back in the day when there were still hard lines, but using the equipment of a company that charges more. And, and I'm seeing that happen in, in the world of drugs with, with outfits like GoodRx. I, I, I don't want to plug yep. them, but, but there are these companies that are, that are starting yep. to pop up and they're saying, you know, if you go through us, you can get your prescription medications less expensive. How are they able well, to do that? Yeah, they're going directly, to, they're, they're getting it directly from the manufacturer, which is the way, the way we access all goods and services for the most part, is nothing like what is perhaps the most important service, which is healthcare. In other words, we have all of these people in the middle who are siphoning money off the system. And the, the company you just mentioned is, is simply going directly to, they're not, they're, you know, Walgreens and CVS and all these behemoths, I mean, they have huge overhead, but they, they're not getting it directly. They're, they're signing billion-dollar contracts with these companies called PBMs. And I, I talk about it in my book, Healthcare from the Trenches. Uh, some of the research I got um, on this is in an excellent book uh, called The Case for Free Market Healthcare. That is, I'm um, proud to say, a fellow uh, Cuban-American orthopedic surgeon as well. <laughs> uh, we've written a number of books. <laughs> um, I, I was talking to a colleague yesterday, uh, also Cuban-American. And uh, Julio Gonzalez wrote a book. He, he also wrote a book called The Federalist Papers. So he's a constitutionalist. He actually went to law school uh, as a surgeon to understand this better. And he, he, he's written a number of books. And The Case for Free Market Healthcare talks a lot about PBMs. Another excellent book is Marty Macquery, who's at, at Hopkins. He's a, a surgeon as well um, and, uh, and a public uh, health uh, professor at uh, Johns Hopkins, very prestigious public health uh, uh, school, and he talks about how the price of uh, drugs and many other uh, services are artificially elevated by uh, all, of the, all of these people who are just, just are, are, are making a mint. The, the richest people in Miami, I will tell you right now, are the people who buy and sell these HMOs, these, uh, the Medicare Advantage plans. It, it is astounding, and you read about it in the paper. And it's, nobody says anything. I'm like, they're selling people like they're cattle. And, and that, you know, one of the guys, he, he, wouldn't, know, he wouldn't know how to you know, pr prescribe an antihypertensive. <laughs> and yet he's making the money off health care. There's something really wrong here. And, and how, did it, how did it evolve into that? Do you have any sense for that? Were we just asleep at the wheel? Well, there's been a gradual process. So uh, the most, the, the, there were several um, sort of uh, groundbreaking steps that, that led to this. The first one was uh, the whole concept of uh, health insurance being tied with your employer. What happened is after World War II, there was a freeze on wages. 
uh, because we're fighting this this great war. And employers figured out, well, to, to attract the best employees, the candidates, let's offer them a different perk. And that was paying for their health insurance. And that started a, a really complex quagmire because, you know, they, they don't pay for your auto insurance or your homeowners, right? Um, right. And, and yet we've, we've come to accept that. And, and, and then, you know, you leave a job or you move a job, then it's uh, so, you know, and the people selling that insurance uh, are the ones making the money. I, I, I couldn't get a nurse. I wanted to get a nurse to contribute to the book who was an in, who was an intensive care unit nurse and an operating uh, uh, OR nurse who left the trenches to, to to basically sell health insurance to employers. And she was telling me, you know, she she signs one small employer on and she makes the same as she would have for eight or nine shifts of actually doing actually providing care. Uh, that's a big problem. So so health so insurance companies in in and of itself are driving up costs. Okay, they're the, they're the folks making the money in healthcare, and then we started. Then we brought on Medicare in 1965, which is a great idea. We should be taking care of our seniors, um, and at first it was actually very good. And little by little, they started ratcheting down the reimbursements. Um, come January, orthopedic surgeons are supposed to be cut five percent. Um, and you know what? We're um, we're not crying. We're not. But but our primary care uh, uh, colleagues are really struggling. Really struggling. Uh, cardiothoracic surgeons. Uh, they're cutting them 9%. Neurosurgeons, 9%. Um, so what's happening is Medicare has gradually ratcheted down the reimbursement relative to the uh, consumer price index to the point where clinicians now can't really make it on their own, and now they're being hired, just, just like being a, a nurse or a tech. Uh, and you don't think you want your doctor looking at his watch at 5 p.m. saying, okay, my shift's over. That's not the way U.S. healthcare. Uh, traditionally has been run. So we, little by little, this, this has been uh, uh, wrestled away from the people. The, the decisions and the reimbursement has been gradually wrestled away from the people who actually provide the care. And with the, you know, the closer we can get doctors and patients to talking directly to yeah. and with each other, um, are prices negotiable? Absolutely. Uh, any any clinician will tell you he'd rather have what we call a self-pay patient. Basically, somebody who just comes in and puts it on their visa or 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 writes you a, a personal check, and and you don't have to wait forty-five days for maybe the insurance company to pay you. Maybe they pay you the code you put, um, and it's a much more honest transaction. Um, and that's why you're seeing the sprouting up of these concierge doctors everywhere. In Miami, uh, the, the first guy, is a, a colleague of mine, uh, started this about almost 20 years ago, um, where patients pay some sort of annual thing, and they have access to him directly to his cell phone. Um, there are different types, and I talk about it in the book, different types of concierge programs. Some will take your insurance in addition. Uh, some take no insurance. They, they, you know, There's a pediatrician here. Uh, my friend, she takes her kids there, and she loves it. Um, now, she's also paying for health insurance. So little by little, that may disappear, where she'd rather put that money into paying her OBGYN. Well, actually, she does. Come to think of it, she, pay, she pays her, uh, her gynecologist, and she gets, uh, she gets great care. Um, little by little, that, that's gonna, we're going to see more of that. And, you know, basically, it's a free market because the, the insurance companies are siphoning off the money when it should be going to the people who actually deliver the care. 
And and what about the cost of various procedures? Um, I, I had an experience I want to share with you very quickly, just just to uh, <laughs> let you let you uh, you know comment on it and and go wherever we go. But um, I, I was seeing a cardiologist, and this was before Obamacare and and before I had health care insurance, so I was paying cash. And um, at one point, he said he wanted me to have a stress test, and I said, "Well, how much is that going to cost?" And he said, fifteen hundred dollars. And I said, well, then that's not going to happen. And and I walked right. out of the office. Well, a couple weeks later, um, I get a call from the office and said, well, we figured out another way of doing your stress test for $150. Well, that, <laughs> and, see, that, that's funny because there's nothing in between. I mean, $150 is hard uh, to make. Uh, I live in Miami, so I have a jet ski, right? So my jet ski mechanic makes much more than that without, you know, 12 years of education. So um, so we have to find something in the middle. But yes, uh, I think what you experienced is that most offices are realizing that that they can they can um, go directly to the patient and and basically it's a, it's just a free market uh, system. They they know what their costs are and they say, then they've stated to you a price. Uh, frankly, they probably cared and that's what's frustrating is that the doctors oftentimes were so we want to give the care so many times we provide it at, at prices that really we don't even cover our overhead uh, honestly that, and, and i do that all the time i have a gal today who i did an elbow replacement on her 21 years ago uh, juvenile rheumatoid arthritis and she has a, a low-grade infection um i'm not even sure i think she might have medicaid but you know in my in my regular in my private office i don't take that but i'm going to take care of her um i'm going to ask the operating room across down the hall um, to just, you know, write it off, uh, because it really is urgent. You know, I don't want her prosthesis to get infected. So doctors do this all the time. Uh, and, and, and there should be a way in the system so that we at least get some compensation for these sort of things. And we're not because there's so much money that's being siphoned off by the people who are sitting in offices, um, that, that, that it makes it, it makes it difficult for, for, for the whole system. Well, the thing that, that I find the, the most puzzling about this is I go to, uh, I have a primary care physician who I like very much, and he's uh, actually really quite clever in, in a lot of ways in figuring out how to, uh, you know, most effectively make sure I get the care that I need. Um, but we've run into situations where he would want to refer me to a specific uh a specific specialist, and then that specialist wouldn't take the coverage I had. And so we end up having to shop for a doctor yeah. to fulfill that that service that I need. And it, 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 as you pointed out earlier, it delays the care. Yeah, well, there, but there's going to be, um, again, it, and it's the free market. If you allow it, there are people who will step up. There are several um, uh, websites where you can do exactly that. You can go in from the comfort of your home, and there will be people, and they may not be me. Why? Because I'm, uh, you see, I'm busy as an author. Uh, I started a, a, a company for orthopedic care that I'd love to talk about. But so I'm out of network for the most part with the insurance companies. Why? I've been doing this for 25 years. I feel like I, you know, I, I put in my time with that. So many of these patients may not be able to see me, and that's okay. Why? Because there's there's 20 other, well, maybe not that many, but there's other hand surgeons in the Miami market. And some of the younger guys will, 
you know, they, 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 they can do that. So, it, it, you know, it's like anything else. I mean, there are high-priced lawyers and there are low-priced lawyers, right? And there's nothing, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, so how do you find these people? Well, there's, there's a uh, website, for example, called Health Drum, like, like beating a drum, healthdrum.com. Yeah. Um, there's one called uh, Health Me, health, M-E, healthme.com. Uh, these are two started only in South Florida, so they're all over the country. Uh, two of these were started here, where you can go there and you can basically shop around for um, a specialist, where you'd be able to uh, see what a, you know, what a, a knee arthroscopy might cost you, because they're going to do it in an outpatient center, not in a hospital, right? So let's understand something. The problem is we, it's very difficult to control hospital costs. So that's another one of our solutions is. Uh, encouraging sort of one-stop shopping outpatient facilities so you don't have the huge cost and overhead of a major hospital. Hospitals should be for sick people. Hospitals should be for people who need an open-heart surgery um, or grandma's hip fracture because she's not going to be able to ambulate. And so there are, there's obviously a need for hospital, but we need to g- get away from that. And that will lower the cost, and that will allow people to, to get the care they need. You know, there's a uh, an or- organization that was uh, started in Genesee County, where I live, specific to uh, this county. Um, 20 or 30 years ago, uh, one of our county commissioners um, just decided to start a health care uh, provider, uh, basically like an insurance company, um, and for Genesee County residents who fell through the cracks, either because they were um, financially challenged or worked in professions that didn't provide health care. And the idea was that they would provide health care for these people. And it still exists today. And they have become such an incredible referral service because they understand the system and they will make up the difference if um, if you're not able to get the things that you need. Um, it, it's, it's a very interesting program and I've relied on them many times to help me navigate through the system, which brings me to this whole idea of navigators. Um, is These people who say they understand the healthcare system and will help you find your way through. Um, are these more of those, those freeloaders? Is this a benefit or a scam? Well, I, you know, I, I don't want to use words like that because the, the truth is it's so complicated in a way you may, you may need them. The, my, the question I have is why do we make it so complicated? So why do we need a, a navigator, so to speak? I mean, if you have a knee pain, or, or uh, you know, a sore throat, um, it's, it's not hard to understand that you need somebody, you know, whether it be a, a, your primary care doctor first, if it's more complex, you need a ear, nose, and throat person potentially, or, and then you need an, an orthopedist. Uh, and an orthopedist that does knee, not me, right? I haven't done a knee in 30 years. So, but that's not that difficult. The reason that you, there's these navigators is, um, and you see them all the time in Obamacare, so you're asking me why, why do I don't like Obamacare? Because it's so complex that, and those people, you know, deserve to, to get paid, right, for their time, but we don't really need them. Let, let's, let's just be frank about this. Um, let's, let's streamline the system 
so that it's really the patient and, the, and that clinician. And then, of course, there, there are going to be people in the mix that you need, but we, we, we simply have to l- make it less complex. And we've seen it p- happen. We've seen it in, during COVID when they, they deregulated a lot of things in order so that people wouldn't, wouldn't die um, and people could get uh, certain uh, types of um, therapeutic uh, agents. Um, and, and now we're going to see what happens in terms of, of a vaccine. Uh, but we can deregulate things in order to, in order to get the care we need. Uh, there's just been too much regulation, which simply adds cost and requires people like navigators to kind of, you know, figure it out for you. Uh, that's really an absurd concept. Yeah, it, it, it always reminds me of going, of like having to go to a tax preparer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that, that's, well, you know, look, I think we can all agree that our tax system is way too complicated and it gets, uh, and the problem is we hire people, you know, at, whether at the federal level or uh, who, who uh, you know, make this code and they end up making it more complicated. You know, frankly, it's almost they have to sort of justify their job. It's, you can't blame them. They're put in this position. But the truth is we, you just have to look back, uh, bird's eye view, and realize it doesn't have to be. I mean, I remember, what was it, um, Steve Forbes had the, uh, wanted the flat tax. I think it's 17%. Right. So, right. <laughs> you know, I could think about the money, but the problem is it's almost like the drug war. You, 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 whether it be taxes or unfortunately legal drugs or now even healthcare, there's so many people with their hand in the cookie jar that to turn that back, you're going to have pushback from a lot of people. There's going to be a lot of pushback. Uh, and that brings us to the lobby, right? The big hospital lobby, the pharmaceutical lobby, uh, the doctor's lobby is pathetic. I mean, the AMA, um, you know, signed off on on the on uh, the ACA, the Obamacare. Um, so a lot of physicians are very upset uh, at the AMA. So um, so we really don't have a, you know a, a great uh, voice uh, nationally, and I, I think we're going to see that change as well because doctors are, are really getting getting fed up. Doctor, I have another uh, break coming up in about a about a minute and a half. And uh, I wonder if you'll stick around for another segment. Uh, absolutely. It would be my pleasure. Okay. Um, promise to get you out by the top of the hour. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know you have a surgery to do. Um, but, yeah, I did uh, a little bit later on. But when we come back, I want to talk about some of the alternatives, um, some of the systems maybe that you've seen. Uh, Michael Moore, the, the filmmaker who hails from my neck of the woods, uh, you know, praised the Cuban health care system. Oh, please. I was born in Cuba. Please. I, that's that's, uh, why, yeah. that's, that's yeah. why I point in that direction, because I know you probably we'll have a much different perspective. But I thought when we come back, we would talk about some other systems and how they work and don't work and and how we might address um, handling things different. We have tremendous health care clinicians in this country and great research for medications and and you know we have all of these resources but they just seem to be tripping all over each other in in what has become too complicated a delivery system. We're going to talk some more about that with the author of Healthcare from the Trenches, my guest this hour, Dr. Alejandro Badia. Doctor, thanks so much for this, and uh, we'll talk again on the other side of the break. Terrific.
Okay, we have uh, much, much more after we take this short break. Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Lions, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hi, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. If you like talk radio that makes you think without telling you what to think, check out our whole show weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern at TomSumnerProgram.com. Selected segments are also available on this and other radio stations, but you can hear us anytime. Daily editions of the Tom Sumner Program repeat online all day and night on the show's website. Past shows can be found in the website archives. My long-format interviews with New York Times best-selling authors, photographers, and writers from National Geographic, as well as artists, musicians, candidates, and elected officials are made possible by listeners like you. Support the Tom Sumner Program and Civilized Talk Radio. Visit our website at TomSumnerProgram.com and become a member. You can make a one-time gift or become a sustaining patron by taking the link to the Tom Sumner Program Patreon page. Thanks for listening and thanks for your support. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums, where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. Thank you, and thank you all for tuning in. You know, we know that tough times don't last, but tough people do. We've been through a lot here in Michigan. We've been through crisis before, where the country needed their countrymen and countrywomen to pitch in collectively to get through a crisis and rise to the occasion. Michigan once was the arsenal of democracy to win World War II. We need that same spirit now. We're working around the clock with doctors and hospitals and first responders to stop the spread and to save lives. But we need your help too. The state has launched a new volunteer website at www.michigan.gov forward slash fight COVID-19 where trained medical professionals can register to serve their fellow Michiganders by assisting hospitals in fighting COVID-19. State residents can also use the site to find out how they can help in their local communities by giving blood or donating resources or needed medical supplies. Whether you're a medical professional looking to volunteer or you're someone who can give blood or donate to your local food bank, everyone can help out. To get through this, we must all do our part. Stay home, stay safe, and save lives. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. I know of a place where you never get harmed. 
A magical place with magical charms. Indoors, indoors, indoors. Take it away. Hey, this is First Ward City Councilman Eric Mays, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. My guest this hour is the author of a book called Healthcare from the Trenches. He is, in fact, a uh, practicing uh, doctor and surgeon himself in the trenches, uh, looking at the uh, the it, it, the book is an insider account of the complex barriers of U.S. healthcare from the providers and patients' perspective. His name is Dr. Alejandro Badia. Doctor, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around. Thank you. Thanks. My pleasure. Um, just before the break, we were talking a little bit about um, what to do instead of what we're doing now. And you mentioned earlier that you've uh, done surgery in Norway, and I think I read somewhere that you've done surgeries in Germany. Um, I, I could have that wrong, but but yeah, uh, yeah. Um, but well, it's I, funny because you mentioned Germany because. Uh, uh, I didn't real. I didn't even put two and two together when writing the book. The the last chapter I mentioned the German healthcare system, as a uh, as a kind of a, a good model for us potentially. Um, and and so I I I bring that up um, to to ask really this question so that we can kind of bring our conversation full circle. Um, are, are there some systems that we should be emulating? A lot of people look north to Canada. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and you've looked at this much, much closer than anybody else, not only, uh, um, in your research for the book, Healthcare from the Trenches, but, but also throughout your career. Um, what are some systems that you think are, uh, worthy of emulation? Sure. Well, I, I think, first of all, we have to realize that as Americans, we, we have certain standards and we're accustomed to certain methodologies. So it, it doesn't mean that what works for another country will work for us. Uh, but even the Canadians, I will tell you, and, and especially you folks in Michigan, uh, probably know very well or speak to the doctors there that there are many uh, Canadians that will come across a border, uh, just like many Mexicans will come across uh, the southern border for health care. Um, the, the Canadians will do that simply because um, the, the completely socialized system is, um, is, is extremely uh, slow. And, you know, Americans are not, we're not always the most patient people, right? Um, so, so, yeah. So, and that's, and that's fine. I, I don't, I'm not sure you should be patient when you have terrible shoulder pain. I, I, I had dinner with a, a colleague in Montreal who, who tells me he's really, the, he thinks he's the only actual private completely private hand surgeon in uh, Canada. So people come in and, you know, again, put it on their credit card because they don't want to, to wait. And when, say you have shoulder pain and it takes you months to get an MRI, I mean months, uh, you're in that pain. And then by the time you get the appointment with the uh, shoulder specialist, the rotator cuff maybe has retracted so much that he can't even do the repair. And that's really tragic. Um, so that's why they, they, they decided to pull away from that system. So I, I think that would happen. Uh, we would definitely have a two-tier system. If we do, if somehow this Medicare for All thing goes through, I assure you there will be a system uh, where people will go outside of that and just say, I want to pay for it. And it's not just going to be 
the wealthy. I mean, people will say, you know what? Uh, I think, you know, handling my shoulder pain is more important than getting that new plasma TV or uh, upgrading my car or, or what, what have you. So, um, so the, 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 the Americans will, you know, we should look at, at different systems at, to get some ideas. Uh, one of them that I talk about in, in the book is uh, the, the German healthcare system I uh, just alluded to. Uh, there's an excellent book by uh, T.R. Reed. Um, the, it's called The Healing of America. And that was a book I, I researched quite a bit. Um, and there were systems, for example, uh, France has an excellent system. Uh, but again, uh, if something is completely uh, socialized, there, there are some issues. Whereas in the German system, uh, the insurance companies are non-for-profit. Okay, ah. but, but there is competition. There's 200, approximately 200 private uh, health insurance companies, and they compete against each other. And, and they compete how? Well, uh, better price better quality so but they they're reinvesting uh the money so that's what that's how they're competing is providing the best care uh so uh so, so you know they have a digital health card okay in in 2008 they, they came up with something called the, a universal smart card so it's a little digital card and it eliminates a lot of the paperwork and the administrative costs. Oh, I want so one of those. those things we can look at. Yeah, yeah I'm sure you do. <laughs> <laughs> I, if I could, if I could get, go to a, a medical appointment without filling out forms on a clipboard, that would be a good day. <laughs> it, it's absurd. And you know what? We get sucked into it because I, I, I have it in my own office. And I, I tell you, I tell my office manager, I, I just get irate about it. I, I can't. Bo- but we have no choice. The, 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 the bureaucrats and the insurance companies. Uh, kind of make us do all of this and make us jump through these hoops and we we should really have more uh decide sit down again sit down with people in the trenches the legislators sit down and and say okay what what do we need and what do we not need the things that make sense and then we could we could streamline the system costs will go down and and actually more people will be able to get care because when the cost goes down that much it's, you, then you have a huge safety net for uh, for the you know the less fortunate amongst us. Well, let's uh, let's let's wrap it up there, Doctor. The book is Healthcare from the Trenches. John Kelly from the Detroit Free Press says every member of Congress needs to read this illuminating book. The uh, author is uh, my guest, Doctor Alejandro Badia, and um, Doctor, I always give uh, guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about you, about the book, and about your work past, present, and future. Do you have a website? Sure. Well, the, the book itself is easy to find on Amazon, uh, just uh, Healthcare from the Trenches, both Kindle and, uh, and paperback version. And they can also find it on the website, drbadiabook.com. So that's D-R-Badia, B-A-D-I-A, book.com. Um, and that, and they'll also, and my website, drbadia.com, uh, talks about the range of services I provide. Um, I didn't mention about our orthopedic walk-in center, so um, that's something that we're taking national, and that's that's orthonowcare.com, and and that's basically one just one way of streamlining care. Uh, we didn't have an opportunity to talk about that, but that is uh, certainly one solution in the orthopedic sector of making care easier to access and certainly much more cost-effective. Well, Doctor, thank you so much for spending this time with me. It's been a real pleasure. Likewise, Tom. Thank you. Take care. 
and we'll have more of the Tom Sumner program straight ahead. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. The doctor was looking at the x-ray and I asked him, what do you see? And he kept on looking at the x-ray as he said in French to me. I see bones. I see gizzards and bones and a few kidney stones. Among the lovely bones I see hips And fourteen paper clips Three asparagus tips Among the lovely bones I see things in your peritoneum That belong in the British I see your spine And your spine looks divine It's exactly like mine Now doesn't that seem strange? And in case You use pay telephones There's two dollars in change Among your lovely bones X-ray. It's really remarkable. Isn't the lumbar vertebrae supposed to be connected to the clavicle? Well, I know, but it's got tape. Hey, look what's in there. Look at that. It's a stamp. It's a 1922 McKinley Ultramarine Blue with imperfect perforations. I've got to get that out and put it in my collection. Look in there, there's printing. What does it say in there? U.S. certified grade A. Look at this, it's fascinating. See those little round things? You know what those are? Those are M&Ms. Those people are right, they don't melt. This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program.
you pilots get off of my lawn. We're trying to do a radio show down here. It's a Tom Sumner program, don't you know? Go on. Go on, get out of here. It's 